Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 118 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Is it crazy that it's episode 118? Like, my. Oh, I know. I just heard you say it and I was like, wait a second. Right? Is like, I've typed real? it up, but, but saying it out loud, it's like, wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Soon we're going to be at like 150 or 200. Oh my gosh, we should do something fun for 150 episodes. I mean, like having Marissa back on would be fun. I don't know. <laughs> um, do I that. am a little bummed that she couldn't come on for the end of Ferris, but writing a book takes a lot of work, so I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That'd be a good book, Marissa. Ah! <laughs> So you want to take a minute and introduce yourself? Um, oh, I skipped that part. I got so okay. excited about 118 episodes. <laughs> um, today's special guest is Patreon member Danielle. Uh, do you want to take a minute, introduce yourself, and tell everyone how you found Marissa Meyer? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm Danielle. Um, I've been a Patreon member for like a while now. Um, love Marissa Meyer. Love uh, The Winter Chronicles. I got into Marissa Meyer, um, I think maybe like middle school. I don't know. It was it was like a while ago. Oh my gosh, like almost a decade ago, probably. And um, my sister is also like a really big reader, and she does like all the hard work. We we have like a system. Like she'll go and find books, and then she'll read them. And like if they're good, then she'll like give it to me or something. Um, so yeah, <laughs> a nice little filter you have. So if it's not good, you don't have to waste your time with it. I know. I don't think I've ever read like a bad book, like because of, right. um, yeah. And so, um, basically like one day she, um, came home and was like, oh yeah, I found like this Cinderella book. Um, looks pretty fun. So I'll see, like, I'll tell you how it goes. And then like a week later, she's like, I finished the series. You gotta read this series. The whole series. I finished the whole yeah. series. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think maybe like Winter had just come out or something. Mm-hmm. And so she had like just finished like um the last book. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it. Like um my sister seems to like it, so it must be good. And then yeah, I did the same thing. I finished it in like five days or something because it was crazy good. And um I've been like obsessed with it ever since. <laughs> it's a good thing to be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like after that, we were totally crazy for everything Marissa Meyer wrote. Of course. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite book or favorite character? Um, I actually do really like Winter because um, Winter is like one of my favorite characters, um, and I, I just think Winter and Jason are like favorite, um, like so cute. They're my favorite couple, so Aww. that's why I like this one a lot. I love that. <laughs> yeah, my favorite character. Um, it's, uh, but excuse me while I vomit, but it's Thorn. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. What are you talking no, about? No, I also, he's my favorite character, but I also despise him. I, I, I hate him. If he was a real person, I would kill him. You and Patreon member Sarah often 
our anti-thorn in the chat. I, in our I chat am anti-thorn. <laughs> yes, as as we all should be. I don't think he should be allowed to um, be the way that he is. Something needs to be done about that. My uh, my husband and I had to do a drive last weekend, so we were driving and we listened to the first few chapters of Crest. We didn't get as far as I would like, but you know, we have a sixteen hour drive coming up, so I have a feeling I'll get I'll get more. Um, oh, but man. he, when we got to the chapter with with uh, her getting kidnapped in the desert, right? Oh, I see. And I was I like, here we go. Because um, Sarah was never able to forgive Thorne for that, no matter what. And mm-hmm. my sister, who obviously knows my husband very well, right, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty convinced that as soon as my husband read that chapter, he would be done with Thorne. And <laughs> she was not wrong. <laughs> His entire response was, well, it's a good thing I don't care about Thorne. <laughs> I didn't like him before. Well, I didn't like him before. I'm done. So it's a good thing I didn't like him at all because now I have I care about him even less. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, aren't you like mad at him?" He's like, "I can't be mad at him because I don't care about him. I just care about press." And I'm like, okay, "Good, yeah. Don't waste your energy on that's fair. <laughs> don't waste oh, your energy on Thorn. Yeah, doesn't. I don't. Guiding advice from Danielle: Do not waste your energy on Thorn. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, it's not like he's, like, you know, purposefully doing, like, evil things. He's not, like, you know, malicious or anything. He's just so stupid. Like, there's nothing (laughs) up there. I I really don't think he's sentient. So, I mean, like, what are you going to do when this man can't do things for himself? Like, right. Okay. I think that's also, I think that might also have a lot to do with why my husband just doesn't like him very much, you know? My husband's like a a good person or something, and I think he like expects that of other people. It's weird, oh, really okay. weird. Yeah, <laughs> can't seem to get him to to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about what you're currently reading. Are you reading anything at the moment? Oh yeah. Okay. So like literally yesterday, I just finished um, To Kill a Kingdom by Alexandria Cristo. It's like a really fun um, uh, Little Mermaid retelling. But she's like evil and stuff. And they're like trying to kill each other. To Kill a Kingdom. It's really fun. I love retellings. I'm going to write it down Mm -hmm. right now to Kill a Kingdom. And and so like I just finished that, and usually after I read like a fantasy book, um, I like to read like a dumb rom com, um, <laughs> because like just like to cleanse my palate or something. No, I, I like that too. I'm totally like that. Or if I finish something that's like really intense, like I got done with the Cruel Prince series, and my, oh. anxiety, my anxiety was like on a huge high, and I was like, I need to read something that does not matter. Yeah, you're right. That series is really intense. Like, I love I love Jude and Carden, but oh my gosh, they are insane. <laughs> that was also my first dive into fairy, like into Faye. So maybe oh, I should really? have I like should have started in the shallow end or something because that was that was a bit overwhelming for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like had to keep notes the whole time. I was so confused by all the rules and and mm. stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Faye's like really like court romances and stuff is like really popular right now. So, mm-hmm. um, and and that's like one of the big ones too. So, I mean, like good for you for starting like at like a crazy 
um, version of it. <laughs> okay, so the rom-com that I'm going to read, um, probably starting today, is The Stand-In by Lily Chu. Uh, on Audible, it's narrated by um, Philippa So, who's like, who was um, Eliza and Hamilton. So, like, that's basically the only reason I want to read it. Because <laughs> I love her voice. Uh-huh. And um, it's about, like, this uh, girl who becomes, or she, she like, looks like one of this, like, this celebrity girl. And so the celebrity is like, oh, can you pretend to be me and um, go out with this, like, guy? Because I don't want to, but I have to do it for publicity. So, yeah, it <laughs> sounds really fun. That does sound fun. I just bought a new, because um, I, I just finished my semester. Oh, great. Okay, so... amazing. I was like, I need to do something that makes me happy. So I rearranged my entire office so that I could have enough room for a new bookshelf um, because I've got a stack and it needs to go somewhere. And so I was like, well, if I have a new bookshelf, I'm like that if you give a mouse a cookie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> I went and got, um, I went to uh, Barnes and Noble, the or no, Books a Million. The Books a Million by my house has like a huge bargain section. And so you can get books for like six or seven dollars, like even though they're brand new. Wow, that's so cool. And they had one that looked adorable called, let me, what is it called? It's called Hot British Boyfriend by Christy Boyce. <laughs> oh my, but wait, it hold sounds on. It's like adorable. I cannot wait to read it. No, I'm reading that too. Oh my Are god! Yeah. No, no, no. Like I, I've never heard of it before, but I, I have to read this. Hot British boyfriend. Yes, by Christy okay. Boyce. I'm literally you know adding this to my. If list. you, I'm gonna read it as soon as I'm done with this book I'm reading right now called Beta. Um, so we'll do a bonus episode on it if you finish it because <laughs> I'm excited to. I love rom coms, so I'm really excited to to read it. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, the cover is so cute too. They're it like it's on a little teacup. How cute is that? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I love, I don't know why, but I'm like really in love with the guy's scarf for some reason. Oh yeah, he's very British. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it. I'm like, oh, British, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds hilarious. I like books with funny titles like that. Like they really draw me in. I have to at least like start this. <laughs> I love it. So currently I'm actually reading, (laughs) uh, it's going to sound really conceited, but I'm reading my book. Oh, that's right. Like your, um, (laughs) like what my current, my current work in progress, I just got to the halfway point. And, um, uh, typically when I'm doing a work in progress, I like to stop and go back to the beginning once I get to the halfway point and try and see exactly where I want to, uh, continue the story. So, Currently, oh, okay. I'm buzzing through 30,000 words of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should be fun, at least. Is it, like, cringy reading your um, old writing? No, because I'm, like, very not humble at all. And so sometimes I read it and I'm like, oh, I could work on that or I could work on that. And sometimes I read it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is adorable. I need to do something more with this. Um, <laughs> It's so, I don't know, maybe I'm full of myself. No, I've read some of your writing and like the the little snippet that I got was really, really amazing. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people that tell me it doesn't match my personality. <laughs> it really does not. I'm like, oh my God, Bethany wrote this? Like, like it's so kind of morbid. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily the, the 
book I'm working on right now is not um, morbid. So there's that to look forward to if anybody decides to publish it. Um, (laughs) The only person who's read it besides me is my critique partner, Abigail, because that's how critique partners work. (laughs) Um, So I I think that she's really excited about it. She's constantly emailing me like, do you finish the next chapter yet? So Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's going good. We shall find out, right? <laughs> yes, if your critique partner likes it, like they're meant to critique you, but <laughs> but but if they don't, that means that something's not so bad, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, we've got um, a long way to go before I get to the end and I actually start the process of like sending it to people and hoping they publish it and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it takes a long, long time, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm really nervous about that whole process. Like part of me wants to self-publish because then I'm like, see, it got published. Um, (laughs) But I I know that I've had a couple people who've been like, well, yeah, if nobody will publish it, self-publish it so you can get it out there. But at least try the traditional route first and see like what you're capable of because you might be surprised. And I'm like, well, okay. Right. Because then you get like the exposure and, Mm -hmm. um, like more security, I guess, when you publish it through like an actual better, company. Um, better marketing too and things like that. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. If anybody's listening and they're an editor or <laughs> a literary agent and they're like, hmm, I need some fresh new uh, art authors, you just you just give me a call. I will be right there. <laughs> oh, do you do like... um? Uh, my sister's also a writer, and she's also, like, working on a novel and trying to publish it. Um, so she she's always doing things like, um, oh, my gosh. What was, there was something on, like, Twitter that I cannot remember right now. It was called, like, it was something where, like, people post a little blurb of their uh, of their novel, like, like a really short one, two, something summary. And then agents oh, would yeah. go, yeah, agents would go on Twitter and, like, like the the posts of the ones that they like, and then they can contact the agent and stuff. Um, I'm hesitant to do that until I finish the first draft, just because so much can change in a, in a first draft, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I get so, that. Yeah, I mean, my sister definitely did not um, finish her first draft before she did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to do it before I finish a first draft, just because so much can change during a, a second draft and a third draft and your rewrites and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have thought about doing that. And then I've also thought about, like, because um, uh, when you send out a – it's a writing tangent if people are curious. When you start looking for a publisher, the first thing you do is send out query letters with like the first chapter of your book. Um, or some places will want the first four chapters of your book. So right now I'm trying to at least get those essential concepts down so that I can send out my query letter and someone will publish it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Um my sister also like did the queer letter thing and like uh, she was she was that was pretty stressful for her like just because it's hard to summarize like your entire book in just a few paragraphs um because like you're like oh my gosh I gotta include this part and this part and this character is important but the agents are like we don't care about any of that <laughs> you know I think it's hard to summarize anything in general because you never you, you know you think about what you think is important to include in the summary but you go back and you're like 
oh, I really want to include this and I really want to include this and I should have put this in there and I didn't think about that. And so Mm -hmm. I think summarizing is hard in general. (laughs) Um, What I usually do is my sister Lindsay will summarize it for me. Oh, okay. She's not an avid reader, so she doesn't get carried away, you know? So if I'm like, read this and summarize it, she can give me like three or four sentences and she does such a good job of like telling you what you need to know while not giving away spoilers and keeping you interested. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I should probably try and do that for my sister too, but I I get into it like her and I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't even talk about this part. (laughs) And everybody's different, right? So never know. Um, so for today, let's transition away from writer talk, um, and let's talk about some Fan Art Friday. Oh, yes. This is from August 6th. The first one is by Anna Holquist, and she's a Patreon member, so big thank you to her for sending that to me, and I kind of wish, I kind of wish we'd gotten it a little bit earlier, but it's it's winter in her room and the walls are the palace walls are bleeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. I love um the colors. I love winter's hair in this. Yeah, um, <laughs> just because it looks like my hair, so I was like, oh my gosh. How cool. I know we've talked a lot on the Patreon and on Zoom and stuff about like what kind of hair she has, and I think the general consensus is that she probably has three C or four C curls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 4C, 4C. Yeah, I, I pictured her like like some kind of force, um, probably 4C, just like the really tight ringlets. I feel like yeah. that looks good on her. I think so too. I also, for some reason, have always pictured like someone similar to China Ann McLean playing her, um, who's adorable. If you guys don't know who she is, you should Google her. Oh, oh yeah, I know this girl. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned it to someone and they said that, that winter was mixed and not black, so China was too like dark, but I don't think so. Uh, mixed people can be dark, like right? <laughs> uh-huh. you, know. you don't really control like how much like melanin well, you have. I know, I was gonna say well, I have two nieces with the same parents, a, a black father and a white mother, and they have completely different skin tones and hair textures. So mm-hmm. you just never know. But I love this this image of her, and I I love her dress and how she just like seems to be like standing there, kind of absorbing the the situation that she's in and seeing the the walls that are bleeding. And I kind of like that if you look in the corner, you can see that like one of the curtains is only partially covered, and so oh. it gives this illusion that it's like dripping, that it's like still pouring down. You know? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I kind of like it, um, this one, because it makes it seem, like, dreamy, I guess, like, dreamlike. Um, yeah. So, I, I like that idea of, like, the, um, like, Winter's vision being, like, kind of um, nightmares that she, like, can't get out of or something, you know? I yeah, was- I agree. And I think that that is what her visions are. Mm-hmm. Just nightmares that she can't get out of, poor thing. And then there's also the second um, fan art that you sent me. I, I like this love one it. <laughs> it's by Frostbite Studios, and um, 
I just, I love it because it's real, it's honest, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not something we get, which I talk about a lot, but like, I love when we get something that's not just like a profile picture of someone's face. And this is Jason as he's um, tied up for his penance, right? And he's like got blood everywhere. His hair is a mess. His face is a mess. Um, and of course, he looks sad and brooding, right? Because that's Jason's entire personality. <laughs> no, yeah, I really like this. Um, I like that he kind of looks young. I feel like in a lot of art, it's hard. It's easy to draw um the characters as like, like a little bit older looking, like probably in their twenties or something. Especially um, Jason, because he's always so serious that I think like that's how people try to convey that he's serious, Mm -hmm. you know, to make him look older. Yeah, but he looks young here to me, so I was really happy about that. Yeah, I love it. So big thank you to both those artists for sharing with us. And remember, you can submit your artwork to princekaifampod at gmail.com. Last week, Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Winter Chapter 1 is Frozen Heart from Disney's film Frozen. Oh, I actually really love that song. I do too. Like, as an opening song, it's really good. But, like, if you listen to it by itself, it's it's really fun. Like, the drums and stuff and the guys, um, like, chanting. Yeah, I agree. And I thought it was great as an opening song just because it had such a a feel of like an introduction to winter as a character and what her story might be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So today we're going to talk about chapters two and three of winter. I can't believe that we're on the last book. It's crazy. I mean, not the last book. Cause we still have stars above two graphic novels and a short story, but still. Did you like ever think that you would get this far? I don't know. I never wanted to stop doing it, but most podcasts do die out, especially after the first like 10 to 50 episodes. So I think there was always a part of me that was like, man, I hope we get far enough that we can finish the Lunar Chronicles at least. So we're on like a very, you know, we're on the slope of like almost completing that goal. But now I'm like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> okay. You heard it first here, guys. Bethany will never stop. Nope. Marissa... It said that she's going to provide me with material, so I mean, I have to cover it, right? <laughs> Who else is going to take care of it? Yeah, I would I would be so sad to see you go. And like, God. if someone else started a Marissa Meyer podcast, I'd be like, this isn't the same. I'd be like, can I come on as a guest? <laughs> <laughs> I know where you could get a couple of listeners. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so funny if we all just transferred to another one. <laughs> but no, keep keep going as long as you can. We'll here we'll be here to support you. Thank you. All right. So, what did you think of uh, today's chapters? Were was it fun to like take notes, or was it like weird to have to take notes while you're trying to read? Oh, I'm gonna be honest. I took the bare minimum of notes. I yeah. just highlighted stuff. <laughs> You know, you know what though? If I if I were coming on this podcast as a guest, I probably wouldn't take notes at all. I would just like go to the notes that I took, like that the, that were sent to me and like add anything I felt like adding and be like that's good enough. She took notes, we're good. I'll just read the chapter. Yeah, I know. I'm so bad at like um like annotating and like um getting ready for stuff. I would I would, every time I'm just like, "Oh, I can wing it. I I know what this chapter is about." Right. It kind of feels like that sometimes, you know, like 
if um if someone messages me from another podcast and they're like, "Hey, can you cover Cinder uh, with us?" I'm like, "Do I really need to reread that before <laughs> I record with them?" I know you did like a hundred you know? episodes on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then part of me is like, I kind of want to. I kind of want to reread it anyways, just so I have it. One, because I like it. I, I enjoy <laughs> reading it and listening to it, obviously. But two, yeah. it's fun to revisit that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's an, a great a great excuse to reread Cinder, and I'll I'll take a, an excuse to reread Cinder any day. Right. <laughs> Cinder's amazing in case anyone <laughs> forgot. <laughs> so what did you think of how this chapter sort of started off? Last week we left off with kind of a creepy insight into how the lunar court operates and then Jacin being brought in and it's like, uh-oh, he's in trouble. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. No, I thought this one was the this chapter about like the trial. Like it was really cool to see um, how their justice system works. Like I feel like Justice. Or, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm using the term um, loosely. Very loosely, right? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, I thought it was cool to see like how um, how they, they deal with crime and, um, or I don't know, Jason really did any crime, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the crime of not protecting Sybil. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess so, but also, how is he going to protect her anyway? She's a thaumaturge. Mm-hmm. What yeah, was he gonna really do other than be, um, like a puppet? A puppet, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like he did a service to the world by getting rid of Sybil's not anyone's favorite uh, character. I don't think, <laughs> right? That's he did a service to the world. I know they should be like um, giving him community service hours or something. Right. Like, thank you, Jason. Like you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I also thought, like, yeah, we, I don't know if we get like a lot of looking at um, like court systems. I guess in like fantasy books, usually mm-hmm. people just go for like the government or whatever. But this is like a side of the government that we get to see, um, like, really closely. We get to witness a trial, so. Yeah, it was cool. And it was fun to see it through Winter's perspective because she's not the one on trial, but she's like reacting to Jason coming back for the first time in a while and seeing him again. She's not the one on trial, but she is invested in the person who's on trial, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a fun perspective to take, especially because Jason's like so unlikable. Uh, he's he's so like calm right now, you know. He's yeah. kind of standoffish. Um, so yeah, it's fun to watch him from the outside. <laughs> well, he's like fighting with Lovato and stuff. <laughs> so we start off with Winter, kind of trying to remember Jason, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see Jason through her eyes. It's so hard for me to say Jason, but I'm like trying really hard to correct my habit of calling him Jacin because that's oh, not his name. If, yeah, if you want to say Jacin, go ahead. Like, <laughs> no, I have I've gotten emails from people before and they're like listening to you say it wrong is cringe. So I'm like, okay, I'll try, but like it's just been a really long time. Um <laughs> but I it's interesting to see Jason through Winter's eyes because we as the reader have seen him be kind of a jerk. And he's devoid of, of expression. That's there's the Jacin we know, right? But Winter, God, I did it again. 
(laughs) Winter sees him and she can only think of him calming her down and telling her, stay with me, princess. But we see that he's completely devoid of expression, which is the Jason we all know and love, right? Mm-hmm. So he's accused of failure to protect Thaumaturge Mira, which is punishable by death, because why not? What What isn't punishable by death on, Mira, on Luna, right? And he says, okay, I'm guilty, but I'm not like a traitor. <laughs> he claims he just wanted to gain Cinder's trust and that she hid her abilities from him. And Winter starts to become overwhelmed at the thought that it's Jason that she might actually lose him like anyone else on trial already gives her anxiety but now it's Jason of all people so she thinks what could I do well I could throw a huge a huge fit wouldn't really surprise anybody and they'd probably believe me but it would also only delay the inevitable so maybe I'll just sacrifice myself well that would just Jason would just love that (laughs) she's so dramatic I love it I'm like that, though. Like, my brain goes to worst-case scenarios all the time, and I'm very dramatic. My husband's nodding his head. I'm very dramatic. <laughs> uh, something, like, inconvenient happens, and you're just like, well, guess I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of feels like it, but not really. <laughs> okay, so Jason is in this trial. Jason, golly gee. Um, Jason is in this, I am trying, those of you who emailed me, just, if you hear me, I'm trying, okay? Uh, (laughs) so Jason is in this trial, and he says that he ha he knows something Levana doesn't, basically. He's like, I do have some evidence for you. He says that he found out about this anti-lunar device. Lynn Cinder had evidence of its potential. As it was described to me, on an earthen, the device will keep their bioelectricity from being tampered with. But on a lunar, it will prevent them from using their gift at all. Lynn Cinder herself had the device installed when she arrived at the Commonwealth Ball. Only when it was destroyed was she able to use her (laughs) gift. As was evidenced with your own eyes, my queen. All right, I have to point something out. When Layla and I recorded episode 117... And Amory was like, Winter's the prettiest girl in the world. To Lavana, I immediately was like, man, he's a dumbass. How long has he worked here? But Jacin is also being real snarky. So maybe they're all just dumb. Like, maybe maybe Lavana's like not, you know, as scary as um, we all thought. Or maybe these two guys are just like. I think I think it's more that these two guys aren't as afraid of her as everybody else. Right, yeah. Because I'm going to say that she's definitely still scary and evil and blah, 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 <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of her court is just like, oh, it's Lavana. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty I was pretty surprised when, well, we'll get to it, but when the, when the other guard speaks up, I'm like, shh. Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. I want to save Jason, too, but be quiet. You're going to get killed, dude. Like, self-preservation is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like we've seen Lavana, um, I guess mostly be mean to like Earthens and stuff. So that's true. Maybe it's, maybe to Lunars, it's a little different. She's a little more like, oh, it's okay, forgiving. <laughs> but um, yeah. Also, in this moment, Jason, you snitch. Like, I can't believe you, man. 
Like, I love Jason. He's he's (laughs) my favorite, but, like, come on, man. (laughs) I know he had to say something, but, like. Lavana is, like, a little taken aback, but immediately she's kind of like, whatever. I don't care about this. This isn't real evidence. You don't have anything other than your word that it exists. So do you have anything else to say? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, what about the comm I sent to warn Sybil? <laughs> the alleged comm that we have no proof of. <laughs> so Jericho, the captain of the guard, testifies that Sybil was certain that she got, that she knew they were going to be on the rooftop, but he didn't know how she was certain. And uh, she was also the person that said, arrest Jason and Jason's like well she thought I was a traitor and blah 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 and Lavana is like well you seem to have plenty to say in your defense and I'm like yeah it's a trial <laughs> I know that's right? how this works <laughs> he's supposed to yeah. you told him to tell like to defend himself so now he's defending himself you can't be upset that that's what he's doing She's just mad because he actually is, like, good at it. I'm sure there's, like, many people that are, you know, they stutter and, and she Lavana's just like, okay, well, time to die. But Jason has, like, actual, um, like, evidence for himself, so. Yeah, Jason is actually capable of being like, yeah, um, I mean, you can kill me and we both know that you'd love to. But you did ask if I had anything. And sure enough... <laughs> I have something. Do you think this is a whole lot, really? Like, do you think from Lavana's perspective that this is enough to to save him or whatever? Um, well, no, not like right now. Like, definitely um, because it's an anonymous tip and he just, like, claims to have it. Right. Um, it's, like, I don't know if that would actually hold up, like, even in a U.S. court. And so a court on the moon? Like, probably not. Right. <laughs> Because, it, I mean, it's all circumstantial, right? Like, he doesn't have proof of the comm. He just has that he said he sent it. He doesn't have proof that this device even exists. He's just like, well, I mean, you saw it, right? You saw that she was, you know, she had lost control. That's because of this gift. And it's like, says you. Mm-hmm. But we've never heard of such a, a, a device. And we don't even know how it's possible it exists. So, no. Yeah, Jason's being, like, cheeky here, and I, I love it so much. Yeah. This is, like, a really fun, like, scene to, to watch him and Lavana like, go back and forth. <laughs> it's nice to see someone who's actually willing to pester her a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also fun because, like, winter in the background, or, like, I guess at the forefront, since we're watching from her perspective, and she's, like, freaking out while this happens. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. She's like, you guys, can you get along for, like, five minutes? <laughs> I know Jason's out here like you know being all cheeky like hmm. I think um uh Sybil was just mad that I shot her and then Winter's all like oh my gosh like Jason shut up you're going to die that's how I would be I'd be like dude shush <laughs> mm-hmm. just can't help it so a guard asks to speak Liam Kenny which is apparently very brave of him so good for mm-hmm. you unsung hero of the chapter and he says well we retrieved Sybil Mira's port screen it was put in evidence so if there is this alleged comm did anybody check for it and of course Amory is like yeah I was I was uh I was just about to show you that actually (laughs) if you uh let me grab it out of my back pocket here real quick Mm -hmm. 
I was reading that and he was like, I was just about to present that. I was like, sure you were. Sure you I were. <laughs> okay, Amory. Um, but yes, thank you, Kinney. Um, like you said, unsung here of this chapter. Right. Um, and I like that we get to see that there's people like on um, Luna that aren't, you know, totally puppets of Lavana. Like this guy obviously thinks for himself and is like, oh, well. Um, if this is a trial, we should provide all the evidence possible for the defendant, you know? So, um, thank you. Thank you, random guard. Like trying to uphold some state of judiciary, like, all right, we'll be somewhat fair. Right. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it is a good point to bring up though. Like, so, okay. We're all like, well, how do we know he sent this calm? Well, can't we just check her phone? Yeah. Like, why don't we take a look at it? That seems real hard. She probably had receipts, right? Mm-hmm. If Taylor Swift and Kanye West taught us anything, it's keep your receipts, all right? <laughs> I mean, they also taught us, like, edit them, so. Right? That, <laughs> I don't that, know. Was, more, that was more Kanye and Kim than Taylor. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> they yeah, were like, true. we're going to keep our receipts, but we're going to make them make us sound better. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it got away from me. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, I was about to like go off but right so it it is there is a confirmation that there was an anonymous com and Winter says it's telling that Lavana thinks the guard who hands her the com and the guard who spoke up but doesn't thank Amory mm-hmm. and here's why yeah. here's here's what in my in my brain this is why Sybil was Lavana's right-hand person, right? Sybil and Lavana, thick as thieves. Thelma and Louise, all the way, right? Mm-hmm. If we paid attention in Ferris, Amory was supposed to get promoted to head Thama, but Lavana said Sybil instead. Let's mm-hmm. picture Sybil in this scenario. Sybil would have already deleted that com. <laughs> you know what? So true, yeah. That she, girl would not smart. have receipts, okay? If the situation were reversed, and Jason was with Amory and sent Amory a comm and Sybil found the comm and she knew it would prove Jason's innocence, she would have deleted the comm. Yeah, Sybil's really smart and she um, covers her tracks well. Right? And Amory- she she would know how much it would please Lavana to know that they have an excuse to just get rid of Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Amory's kind of dumb. <laughs> right? It's like, I'm kind of like, in the beginning when we read Ferris, I was like, huh, I wonder why she chose Sybil. I mean, she's great, but like, I wonder why she would choose Sybil over Amory. What's, what's wrong with Amory? This dude, like, you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know how to hide evidence. You don't know how to help present evidence that would actually help Lavana and not the person on trial. And you're stupid enough to say that someone is prettier than Lavana to her face. Mm-hmm. That's not helping. Yeah. You dumb. Yeah. This guy just ain't it. I know. I bet, I bet, like, right now, Levada is seriously just like, God, I miss Sybil. And <laughs> <laughs> I should deal with all these fools. Oh right? My gosh. Ugh, insignificant. Oh, oh, what is it? Uncultured swine. Uncultured swine, definitely. Yep. <laughs> That's how I would describe Amory. So Lavana says, well, Winter would probably want me to save you. And Winter says, please. It's Jason. He's not our enemy. I mean, she's not 
he's not Winter's enemy. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, he's not, but like, is does that mean that he's your friend? Like, because not being someone's enemy doesn't necessarily make them uh, an ally either. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, Jason spends a lot of time with um, Cinder and Co. And then he, like, comes over here and is like, by the way, Cinder's got this um, device that could really potentially it's help like us. like, so much <laughs> betrayal happening. It's like, I was like, oh, we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Levon, this is something else I want to talk about. She calls Levana's stepmother. Now, in Fairest, she called her mother. And there was even a scene when she asked about her mother and Everett told her about Levana and Winter was like, no, my real mother. So I want to know at what point in her life she shifted and decided to stop calling her mother and started calling her stepmother. And I want to know if it was her choice or Levana's. I mean, I'd like to think that it was Winter's choice. Like, she realized, like, ooh, this is, like, a bad lady. Right. <laughs> she probably stopped, like, trying to get close to her. But um, I guess it's realistic to think it was Levana being like, don't call me mother. I am not your mother. Because Winter's just this kid that was, like, dumped on her. Do we think that Winter knows that Levana is po- is responsible for the death of her father? Oh, I actually have no idea. I feel like she doesn't know because Lavana was really sneaky about that. But I mean, um, there's rumors, but Winter was like ten, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do we know if she believed the rumors or if she thought, if she really thought that it wasn't Lavana? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember if they ever bring it up in the book. I totally like I'm blinking. It's hard. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say what winter what winter thought or what she was going through at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, like it, either way, it's scary for her because she's living either with her father's alleged killer or her father's real killer. So, <laughs> yeah, and she's also like living with that person in a state of authority over her, right? So, yeah, that makes it even harder I think yeah yeah poor winter yeah. yeah that could be the name of the book poor winter poor winter <laughs> um so Lavana calls winter naive and stupid and the court laughs and Lavana says you know what you can live and Winter's like, oh, phew. And Levana's like, I didn't say he wouldn't be punished. Mm-hmm. So he gets 30 self-inflicted lashes, 40 hours of penance, and if Winter brings him food, Levana's going to cut out his tongue. Yeah. Well, at least he's not dead. <laughs> okay, here's my thing. I have a question. That's the end of the chapter, by the way. I have a question. So supposedly... The reason that just Jason went with Cinder was because Cinder used her gift and manipulated his body when Sybil Mira lost control, right? Like, that's his cover story. Uh-huh. If that were true, then he's not guilty of anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think Lavana just wanted to hurt Jason in some way, and if she couldn't kill him, like, oh, well, 
You can lash yourself. Do you think that if it were any other guard, they would have gotten the same treatment and the same trial and the same punishment? Oh, definitely not, because no other guard is Winter's, like, boyfriend, <laughs> you know? <laughs> she hates the Winter. Obviously, he's going to hate Jason for being kind to her all the time. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's talk about your song choice for Chapter 2. Um, yeah, my song choice was Panic Room by, I don't really know how to say the artist's name. It's like Aura or like it's A-U slash R-A. Um, yeah, I found this song like I think on a genius lyric video on YouTube and uh, I thought it was really fitting because, um, it's, it's kind of like showing, well, first it's called like Panic Room. So that's kind of, you know, like the trial room. Right. Everyone's panicking or at least Winter's panicking. Jason seems kind of fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's um, always, like, not bothered, right? So. Mm-hmm. Well, unless someone's trying to hurt Winter, then. Then he's bothered. Then he serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also like it because, like, the the writer of the song said that, like, the panic room was supposed to be a metaphor for, like, someone's mind um, when they have, like, really high anxiety. And so it's, like, something they can't escape from. So um, I thought that was fitting for Winter um, since she has, like, the um the sickness I forgot what it's called right now but <laughs> uh, I know yeah. there's a word for it but I also feel like they just call it lunar sickness most of the lunar time lunar sickness okay yeah. yeah so she's got the lunar sickness um and so it's kind of like yeah she's like trapped in her own mind so I, I like that song that was pretty fitting I agree mm-hmm. I like it too I know we chose it for another chapter, I think in book two and I can't, or book three, and I can't remember which chapter it was. Oh, I can't, I have no idea. I did not know that it was already chosen for oh, something. Oh, it happens <laughs> all the time. I'm sure we've done it a million times by now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, well, we have a lot of songs, so I guess it's easy to forget. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, I just, I feel like I vaguely remember the name and stuff. So, yeah. Mm, okay. I don't know. So I picked, not surprising, a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) I picked Long Story Short, mostly because, like, at the end of the chapter, I kept thinking of the line in Long Story Short, I Survived. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's it's also a lot of the lyrics, I think, pick it. I tried to pick my battles till the battle picked me. Like the war of words, I shouted in my sleep. Jason is very much picking his battles. He's very much deciding, okay, I'm a lunar. Here's all this information I have on Cinder. Let's betray them. (laughs) Um, And I think it is a war of words because his words are are what condemn Cinder and the misfits. Yeah. I think the title is um, uh, kind of goes along with like uh, Jason's little cheeky attitude in Mm -hmm. this scene. Because he's like, this is what happened. You know, long story short, um, I'm innocent. <laughs> he was also like, uh, you saw it. Uh-huh. And when and Levana's like, I, I I didn't I didn't see anything. And he's like, Yeah, you did. You saw it. Yeah. We all know you saw it. Oh, he has no filter. <laughs> I know. He's I like him though. He's he's I don't know. He reminds me a lot of Ashley, actually. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ashley fun. can be cheeky, but in a um, a lovable, lovable. way. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I love Jason. He's, he's definitely like, um, I think, yeah, like while I was reading Winter, he was definitely my favorite character. Aw. 
So let's talk about your chapter quote for chapter two. Oh, yes. Uh, my quote was, obviously, winter being very dramatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only one thing to be done then. She would throw her own body in front of the blade. Oh, Jason would hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just thought, like, it was it was a good quote to show, um, like, at one uh on one hand, like Winter's anxiety and panic, like through seeing Jason up, like up in a trial where he might lose his life, and also like showing a bit of their relationship. You know, showing that she would sacrifice herself for Jason if she really had to. Um, she would get stabbed if she, if Jason, you know, needed her. Um, and then also showing that oh, Jason would hate that. Like um, Jason cares for her. Jason's not afraid to like show. Um, his opinion if he thinks Winter's doing something like not good right <laughs> so yeah it was, it was a lot of like a lot of um layers packed into a few lines so I love it when Marissa Meyer does that I know I like when um I like when she says a lot with so few words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so my quote was she was not a girl of ice and glass at all but a girl of sunshine and stardust previously she told Scarlett that Jason had sunshine in his hair or eyes or something like that or smile maybe and so this kind of it kind of felt like he's her healing force like she was a girl of ice and glass until he came back to the moon and now that he's back she can be sunshine and stardust she can be happy and safe and warm and not vulnerable and shatterable you know yeah, and I love that quote too, just because like it shows how um, Jason and 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 oh, I almost said Cinder. Jason and Winter are like so close to each other. Like we we only know Jason as like this um this surly um, serious guy, which uh, he but, is. Yeah, which he is. But um, <laughs> to Winter, he's something more. And so yeah. I don't know. I I always think it's really sweet when like um a grumpy character is like, uh, and there's like a sunshiny character. Um, that like really, really love each other. So that's why I love Jason and Winter so much. (laughs) Hey guys, my name's Abby and I co-host the Book Life podcast with my best friend, Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. So let's talk about chapter three. Mm-hmm. This is actually fun. a really sweet chapter. In this chapter, I agree with you. I like Winter and Jason. Um, mm-hmm. So Winter basically can't sleep. She is so like, yay, Jason's home, but no, Jason's being tortured and I can't actually see him. So I really love the part where she says she didn't go to see him getting his lashings because basically she knew that he would put on a brave face if she was there and she didn't think that was fair to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he should be allowed to scream and cry if he wants to. He's stronger than all of them. Yeah. I think like only Winter can say something like that because she's a really strong person, but everyone perceives her as weak because um, like she'll get panic attacks and um, cry and scream at like monsters that they can't see. So, um, but she obviously winter stronger than anyone else in the court of um, Luna. So if um, she's like pretty much the only person that would know Jason sometimes needs to let it out if he's pain. 
<laughs> but that doesn't make him weak. Everyone needs to let it out when they're in pain, right? Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't, why should Jason be any different? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like that quote too. I also had it highlighted. I had it highlighted. I ended up picking a different one, but I, I almost went with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love the the part where she says like, let them, let them judge him because I know he's brave. I love that she can see. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Jason better than anyone. And so she doesn't care how anyone else sees him. She knows the real him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love their relationship so much. <laughs> like childhood friends. Ah, so good. I love the concept of having, of knowing someone that well and knowing someone that long. Um, maybe because I've known my husband since I was 15. So like you just, you, you learn a lot when you get to know them for that long. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then that resulted in a very happy marriage. So <laughs> I like to think so. Winter is basically just getting through the day, going through the motion. She's like, look, I ate, I bathed, I got dressed. I went to my tutor and I pretended to work on my gifts. I love that her tutor is like, just stares at her all day because she's so beautiful. He can't do anything else. He can't like actually do his job. Uh, I know. Poor Winter. That That's really, really uncomfortable considering she's like a little girl and he's probably like an adult man. She's like barely 18, right? Like, leave her yeah, alone. She's, she's still a child. Like, yeah, everyone, like in this, she's, everyone in the she's series way, is a kid. <laughs> she's way too young to be gawked at. But I also, like, I'm not a fan of when stories tell me something without showing me something. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a moment where Marissa is showing me. She's showing me, the reader, that Winter is gorgeous and desirable. By show mm-hmm. by telling me that her tutor just stares at her all the time. Yeah, it's Instead of, like, actually teaching her. So he's not treating her like a person should be treated. Right. You know, she, he's just staring at her like she was, like, I don't know, a pre-painting or something. Exactly. So, so sad. So when the artificial day is over, she gets a, a cup of warm milk and cinnamon before bed. And she dresses like she's going to bed. I want to point something out. I just, I want to talk about this. This is our Snow White retelling. Um, and she's supposed to be Snow White and Lavana is the evil queen, right? She's still being treated like a princess. Like, I know that she gets judged by the court and emotionally she's not supported, but outwardly she has everything a princess would have. She has pets. She has, um, luxuries. She has maids that help her bathe and dress and bring her warm milk with cinnamon before bed she has guards that are assigned specifically to her she has people that are loyal specifically to her and i think that's very interesting because often when we get snow white retellings it's that they that the queen shunned her and hid her as a maid in the palace so no one would know she even existed whereas winter is actually treated like a princess yeah, I never thought about that before, but that's really interesting that um, she's, like, one of the only Snow Whites that's, like, uh, actually, like, a princess that like, is treated like Right. One. That doesn't mean that she has an easy life or that she has a wonderful life, but she is, to a certain extent, treated 
the way you would expect princess to be treated. You know, it's like, uh, like Thorne was saying with Cinder when they first met, he's like, I always thought princesses drank tea and wore tiaras and stuff. And it's like, well, actually, this one seems to have a pretty typical princess life. I mean, there's still damaging. There, there's still things in her life that are horrible. Um, but for the most part, she is treated like royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, like, that for her. Um, I always see, like, I like to picture winter in, like, fancy dresses and her hair is all done up and mm-hmm. stuff, so. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're told, too. As the reader, we're told that she's, she doesn't wear makeup or a glamour, but she does wear nice gowns and she does do her hair and things like that, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a nice break from, um, the other protagonists. Like, they all have really, really lives and uh, obviously winter has like a terrible life too but (laughs) it's a little bit more comfortable winter winter has a terrible relationship with her stepmother Mm -hmm. and she's teased and taunted by the court but otherwise has a relatively nice life she's not forced into servitude the way cinder was she's not forced into isolation and solitary confinement the way that Cress was, she has a, a relatively easygoing life. You know, like right now, Scarlet is in a literal cage where she can't yeah. even stand up it's or have a, a bed. <laughs> like, right. you know, whereas Winter is getting dressed for bed in like silky clothes and has really pretty slippers and a hat and gets warm milk and cinnamon brought to her as she lays down and has three guards that she has to sneak away from so she can go have a a lover's moment with Jason. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's very different than what we see out of our other protagonists. You're right. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see like, I don't know, different struggles. Her struggles aren't physical. She's not starving Mm -hmm. or um, in like immediate danger, but you know, she's in a really tight situation with Lavana and um, she she deals with mental illness. Like I think so, to too. To see, like, a variety of different conflicts that a character can have. I agree. So she's been planning this all day. I love the way this is described in the book. I, I'm going to go ahead and read it. I don't think I was planning on it, but I just love the way it's written in the book. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, <laughs> I love this part, too. She slipped into a pair of lightweight linen pants and a loose top then pulled on her night robe so it would look like she was wearing her bedclothes underneath. She had thought of this all day, the planning taking form in her mind like tiny puzzle pieces snapping together. Willful determination had stifled any hallucinations. She fluffed her hair to look as if she'd woken from a a sleep, a deep slumber, turned off the lights, and climbed up onto her bed. The dangling chandelier clipped her brows and she flinched, stepping back and catching her balance on the thick mattress. Winter braced herself with a, with a breath full of intentions, counted to three, and screamed. I feel like that could have been a really good cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, like uh, the end of the chapter, but right? it's a great beginning, too. It's a great beginning, too. I just feel like the concept of, like, la 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 going about my day scream is like a really good cliffhanger to something so anybody writing anything there's your clue for today so winter is like oh there's a monster you have to get him seriously it's a real monster (laughs) 
And she claims it's one of the Wolfen soldiers that belongs to the queen. And they all think she's just crazy. But she convinces all of them to all of these guards to leave or to look the other way. She grabs her hat and her shoes and she takes off. Good for her. <laughs> like such a girl boss moment. <laughs> She's like, I have to go. I'm just I like that she was planning it all day and that the idea of planning it all day is what kept her from from having her hallucinations. I think that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got like something to occupy her mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I love like this idea of um, winter faking like a hallucination to get what she wants. <laughs> She's so funny. This is this is the thing that like Jason would do. So um, it's cute, like that they kind of rip off on each other. Like I know, that. I know. I think it's cute. I often wondered when we first started reading Cress. I um, I remember when when Jason was like uh, when Jason was like I thought it was what the princess would have wanted. And I remember reading that and being like, are we shown that that's what the princess would have wanted? And then you see moments like this and you're like, yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) I know, she's so chaotic. (laughs) So Winter leaves. She goes through the city of Artemisia. She she kind of disguises herself enough that if you're not paying attention, she just looks like any other maid in the palace. And um, Mm -hmm. we get a a little look into Artemisia that I want to read real quick on page 23. Oh, yeah, I love this little um, clipping. There were aristocrats milling around the tiled city streets, laughing and flirting in their fine clothes and glamours. Light spilled from open doorways. Music danced along the window ledges. And everywhere was the smell of food and the clink of glasses and shadows kissing and sighing in darkened alleyways. It was like this always in the city. The frivolity, the pleasure... The white city of Artemisia, their own little paradise beneath the protective glass. At the center of it all was the dais, a circular platform where dramas were performed and auctions held, where spectacles of illusion and body humor often drew the families from their mansions for a night of revelry. Public humiliations and punishments were frequently on the docket. So (laughs) if you'll recall in Fairest, Lavana left the palace and disguised herself and went to Solstice's seamstress shop to kind of spy on her, right? And yeah. when she was walking through the city, she saw it completely differently. She saw all these cute little shops and all these happy aristocrats um, spending money and enjoying the luxuries of living in this city. Whereas Winter looks around and she's like, the city is beautiful, but it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of liked that contrast. That's cool. I didn't think about like comparing it to Lavana's description in Ferris, um, but yeah, I, I really like that. They both see the city differently, and um, obviously, this is written like really beautifully. Um, and I like the idea of like contrasting, you know, the the pretty like imagery of um, fine clothes, glamours, and light, and shadows are kissing and stuff, and it's like a white city, and then right in the center is. Um, a place of public humiliation and punishment so <laughs> and I, I like that too though it's like it's like we, we get this description of the city and then they talk about the middle of the city and it's like in the middle of the city there's this dais where you can see like plays and musicals and performances and murders wait what <laughs> that last one sounded yeah. a little different 
What was that word again? um, Lash themselves with the whip. So that's fun. (laughs) It's very. uh, How am I going to say this properly? There might not be a way to say this properly. Do you know where the word picnic comes from? It's very picnic. Oh, yeah. Isn't it like um, a term that was actually used for um, to watch like some sort of um, punishment? I forgot what it was. It was either like heading to um, machines. It was people used to pack a picnic um, to go and watch runaway slaves that had been recaptured. They would watch them get their lashings, their lynchings, or their hangings. Okay. Yeah, that's so. It's been it's been changed quite a bit over the years, right? But this kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of that of how, for some reason, there are people that are drawn to, um, they're they're entertained by the pain of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really awful. Um, Because I wouldn't enjoy that. I I don't know if you would, right? But, like, I wouldn't enjoy um, watching someone get tortured. But for yeah, some reason, I, that's a regular activity on Luna, just, like, for funsies. I feel like it's kind of um, uh, something that you would see in a book taking place in the Middle Ages or something. Like, right? Like, watch the, the beheading. So I guess that's kind of cool to show how Luna is, like, um, a little bit behind the times in some ways, I guess. Like the antiquated practices of uh, very, entertainment. Very antiquated practices. Like Gladiator. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like that's how kind people of would watch um, the Gladiators mm-hmm. in ancient Rome. Yeah. And then watch people like fight to the death and be like, oh yeah, that's fun. Oh, right. Okay. It's like, why though? Why is it fun? I'm not sure I agree with you that it's fun. Can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I love that she starts to feel the yearning in her, that it weakens her knees as she approaches him. I think that's adorable. I kind of reading that got the same feeling in my in my chest because uh, my husband's in the military and they make him leave me all the time. Um, and I always feel that way when like he when it's approaching the time when he's going to come home from a long trip. I always feel like a sense of um, just like heavy anticipation, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of get that now. That's so cute. And like, um, she like planned all this to like go out and see him. So it's so cute. She's sneaking out to see a boy. Everett might not like it, but I, it's like such a teenage girl thing to do. And we don't see a lot of teenage girl stuff. It's, it's yet more evidence that winter is just slightly different from our other protagonists because we don't see them behaving like just regular, normal teenage girls. Like, not to rat her out, but my sister Lindsay was very boy crazy in high school and she was constantly sneaking out to see boys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, she'll tell you herself. I'm not a snitch. It's fine now because we're adults and nobody knows like it was a long time ago. Like she's not going to get in trouble for it now. Right. But right. yeah, Lindsay would totally do this to go see her boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> or a guy she had a crush on or whatever, or, you know, yeah, I, I like that, like, it's a cute thing, like, she's sneaking out to see a guy, but Jason's also um, bound by ropes onto a dias, and he has, he's bleeding and covered in wounds and stuff, so, <laughs> so we got to add a little bit of fiction to it. Right, we have to make, it's still dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
if they're not meeting up and going for a dance under the stars or a moonlight stroll. Uh, she's there to give him a friendly face while he suffers. Right. Yeah. Oh, poor Jason. I know. I do like their little back and forth banter. I think it's adorable. Um, yeah. I just, oh, I have, it's so cute. I have so much to say about Winter and Jason. Oh, they're literally my favorite couple. I just, um, it worked like out well first- that you got these chapters then, because this is like well, our first look at them. I mean, do you know why I chose these chapters? Because just <laughs> reading this changed my life. I was like, I will never be the same again. I will never be uh, the same again. <laughs> no, like uh, when she sees him and she describes him as bright and wor- welcoming as the rising sun. Like no one describes Jason like that. <laughs> and he even says that later. She says that he's lovable. And he's like, you're the only person that would ever call me lovable. <laughs> I know and then like the first thing he calls her he says hey trouble like I don't know they're so cute I I just love that like you know he's bound and bleeding but he still makes an effort to be like teasing with her yeah and their little flirtations are really cute Mm -hmm. yeah I think I made a note let's see um I like highlighted every time Jason made a joke because like we've never seen him have a sense of humor before so (laughs) let me count this right now he makes one two Three, um, four, five, six. He makes six jokes in this probably like 10 minute conversation. And we've never <laughs> seen him make any joke before ever. I mean, like, he was probably making fun of Thorn somehow, but this is like, this is This different. is like fun and innocent and, and, um, like I said, just kind of witty banter between friends. So mm-hmm. yeah, it does feel very different. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winter approaches him. He says, hey, trouble, like you said, which is adorable, right? (laughs) And she thinks about how he's shirtless. She thinks about how he's tied up and he's covered in all these marks from his lashings. And his hands are probably blistered, too. And also, he's shirtless. (laughs) It's like, Winter, winter. control yourself, girl. Please get priorities. (laughs) Please have priorities. He needs medical attention. (laughs) She tells us, as if we didn't know, that the self-inflicted lashings were controlled by Afama, and Amory volunteered, of course he did, because he's evil. Oh, so, so weird. Like, the the self-inflicted lashings, like, what a terrible punishment. Oh, my gosh. I can't think of something worse than that. I mean, they're very medieval. They made Scarlet chop her own finger off, remember? Like, they're... Yes, very antiquated medieval practices of of torture and punishment and very antiquated concepts of the justice system in general. Mm-hmm. I like when she thinks that he's broken, but then he says, hey, trouble and smiles at her. And I th- mm-hmm. and then again, when she, she's like, I was mad with worry. And he's kind of like, uh, and she's like, hey, don't comment on that. <laughs> like. <laughs> I know they they slip like so easily back into like a really comfortable they like, do routine. and it's like ah, ah. <laughs> I agree so she doesn't bring him food which is good just a friendly face and I love when he says that's an understatement it's like oh Jason are you capable of emotion he's literally showering her with compliments in this chapter I love uh, it it's just, it's just so sweet to see Jason like be sweet to someone like <laughs> He has a little bit of softness under that hard, hard outer shell. I know. 
But we do get a little bit of insight into their relationship outside of this conversation. Um, oh, okay. So I can read this. She dips her head, turning away to hide the three scars on her right cheek. <clears throat> For years, Winter had assumed that when people stared at her, it was because the scars disgusted them. A rare disfigurement in their world of perfection. But then a maid told her that they weren't disgusted. They were in awe. She said the scars made Winter look interesting and somehow... Odd as it was, even more beautiful. Beautiful. It was a word Winter heard tossed around her all her life. A beautiful child, a beautiful girl, a beautiful young lady. So beautiful, too beautiful. And the stares that attended the words never ceased to make her want to don a veil like her stepmother's and hide from the whispers. Jason was the only person who could make her feel beautiful without it seeming like a bad thing. She couldn't recall him ever using the word or giving her any compliments for that matter. They were always hidden behind careless jokes that made her heart pound. Ah! I'm going to go scream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just so, I love it. I think it's so sweet. And it's, again, it's, it's showing without telling. Mm-hmm. Jason makes her feel beautiful without actually saying you're beautiful whereas everyone else tells her she's beautiful but she doesn't feel that from from their words so I just I just love that I love that yeah. that he sees her for her beauty and what she really is and I thought it was odd that I love the sentence that it, her beauty makes her want to hide and wear a veil like Lavana's because oh, it's yeah. such a huge again we have this huge contrast Lovana wears the veil to hide her disfigurement so that people will perceive her as beautiful and only think of her as beautiful. But Winter wants to hide her face because she's beautiful and she wants people to see that she has more to offer than her face. Yeah, it's like, um, it's so crazy to see like the difference between Winter and Lovana. Like this is definitely why she's, you know, um, she's like Lovana's, um, I don't know. They're like pitted against each other as, um, as like protagonists and antagonists of yeah. this book, because mm-hmm. um, like their their wants and their desires are so different, and things that motivate them are like the opposites. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And then Winter punches him. <laughs> uh, don't you think he's going through enough, girl? <sighs> yeah, he's. It's okay. He, I don't think he really cares. I, no, I he doesn't. But ever. I thought that was like so odd that she just was like, that she just punched him like that. She's like, oh my gosh, your wounds. <laughs> Jason is upset because she ditched her guards and she's like, no one's going to hurt me in this city. And Jason worries about um, basically a sexual predator. He worries mm-hmm. about an entitled man who's not used to hearing no. And drink, and drink too much. And saw what he wanted. He saw someone desirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Winter, you know, she's described as beautiful, like, since she was a little child. And um, I know we always talk about, like, pretty privilege on, like, social media or, like, um, in, in, like, society in general. But sometimes um, being really beautiful and people seeing you as, like, less than a person and more something to look at can be really dangerous. <laughs> I agree. It makes me, are you familiar with Twilight? Did you read that series? I literally just watched Twilight with my roommates um, last night. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes me think of Rosalie, how Rosalie is like gorgeous beyond compare and how that ended up being her downfall because a drunk man couldn't, couldn't 
or yeah. several I, drunk men couldn't, uh-huh. um, they just couldn't resist her beauty. And it was like a man that she was supposed to like trust, a man mm-hmm. that was supposed to protect her. Um, I guess, which is kind of similar to Amory because he's, he's supposed to like protect the royal family, but um, instead he's like abusing his power. Yeah. Winter wishes she would have brought medicine with her. And again, they have like a little witty banter. She says that they never get to be alone anymore. We get told that um, they've been best friends their whole lives. Well, we kind of knew that because we read Ferris, right? And Mm -hmm. she recalls that he never touches her unless absolutely necessary. She says that she missed him. And he doesn't say it back. Because <laughs> he's a jerk. Because I, I, I don't know. See, that's the kind of thing my husband wouldn't say that back. Because in his mind, it's like assumed that I know that he missed me. Duh. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And I feel like that's how Jason is. I feel like Jason is like, why do I have to tell you things that you already know? It's a given. You yeah. Know, I miss I also, you. I, yeah. I also think like saying like I missed you would, um, I don't know, be a little bit painful for him. It says like he locked his jaw so she wouldn't see how much every tiny movement pained him. And he's like, um, you know, his gaze like dropped away and he's like shifting. Um, So I don't know, maybe he's just not comfortable with expressing his emotions um, quite yet in that like really honest way. Right. I agree. She tells him that Amory lost his head in the trial and Jason says, oh, I wouldn't mind if that was true. And Winter is like, hey, you're on Luna. Watch it. <laughs> Being Thanks. on Luna is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Jason says there's three cameras. None of them have audio. Surveillance was one of Sybil's specialties. I already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's uh, very, very aware. <laughs> Can't get anything past Jason. Right. We talked in a few minutes ago. I mentioned that. Yeah. Lavana might be a little bit lost without Sybil. How lost do we think she is? Like, how much weaker is she without Sybil and by and by extension, Cress and all of her cyber espionage? She seems like she's doing pretty good. Like she's able to hold that trial all by herself, um, right? But so. it does. It has. It would have weakened her. Mm-hmm. So I will have to keep an eye and see like how much it's weakened her um, throughout. Jason says he has no interest in returning to the throne room unless it's as a guard. And they look up, they hear a noise and they look up and they look out the dome and they see planes, or not planes, but they see ships. They see soldiers flying to earth. And it reminds Winter that they're at war. And she says, well, the queen seems happy with her victories. She's pretty pissed about the canceled wedding, but... At least there's victories to be said. And Winter asks about the device. Mm, Yes. The device that could protect a lunar's brain from the bioelectricity internalizing and attacking it if it's not used uh, outwardly. And... Yeah, obviously that would have a big appeal to Winter. And now we know why Jason was so, like, uh, intrigued when when, when Cinder told him about it in book three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this could potentially um, cure her or stop her from, as she says, going crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so now there's sticks. Now we have a goal for these characters. So, yeah, it's really Yeah, cool. and I love it because... 
Winter is immediately like, the queen's not going to allow anything like this to ever be made or exist. And Jason is, Jason vows that he's going to find a way no matter what. And again, mm-hmm. it's like a humanizing moment that we haven't seen with him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't really seen him care about something, but right? he, he cares about Winter and he will do anything to um, make her life you know, easier. I love this next moment. It's another rare show of emotion from him. He says, I'm sorry I left. I regretted it as soon as I realized what I'd done. It happened so fast and then I couldn't come back for you. I just abandoned you up here with her, with them. So obviously her being Lavana, but I think them being the lunar aristocrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason doesn't want to leave her alone. And like, I wouldn't want to leave Winter alone with them either. I wouldn't either. And so this is where he tells Winter that he wasn't being manipulated the whole time Mm -hmm. and that he feels remorse for betraying them, which I remember the first time reading this. I didn't expect him to feel remorse. I thought he just did it to save his own skin. Yeah, well, I mean, they were together for a long time and they had their own little adventures together. So mm-hmm. um, even though Jason would never admit it, I feel like he bonded a little bit with at least Cinder. Yeah, um, I think so, too. I like the little you may be an idiot, but I promise you're a lovable one exchange. <laughs> I think it's adorable. It's so cheesy and I love it. So he tells Winter he thought Cinder was some crazy cyborg on a suicide mission. And this is where we get the reveal to Jason that Winter has a new pet. I hate that concept, but that's what they call it. Scarlet. And Jason gets excited. He's like, "Uh, can you get her a message? Like, you have to be discreet. I mean it. Seriously, be discreet. They're coming for her. And they actually have a chance. Mm Yay. Yay. Scarlett's gonna get like a little tiny bit of hope. Oh my gosh, she really needs it. She needs it so bad. Poor girl. Oh my gosh. And I love I like, this part yeah. too. I get like goosebumps when Jason tells her who Cinder really is. Mm-hmm. Her cousin, her friend, Celine. And Winter is hesitant. She's like, no, I was there. I saw the body. And Jason is like, you saw a pile of girl-shaped ashes. I actually really like that line. That's funny. Yeah. I love, this is what gives me chills. They were just ashes. I didn't believe it either, but I do now. She's our lost princess and she's coming home. Mm -hmm. Chills. Oh my gosh. She's coming home. Yay. (laughs) So at this point, her guard shows up like, hey, no more monster. She's like, no, there's still a a monster. Did you, did you you get him? (laughs) (laughs) So they take her back to the palace and Jason eyes the guard with distrust. Of course he does. He distrusts everyone. Mm -hmm. And I love this last line. I fear tomorrow will be even more difficult for you, Sir Clay. Do try to think of me when you can. Try, princess. I can't seem to think of much else. Oh, swoon. That's that's literally my quote for this chapter because... uh... Swoon. So sweet, I love They are it. so, so cute, these little children. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. 
you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifampod. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash princekaifampod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. So let's talk about your, your song choice. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> My song choice for this um, doesn't really fit the chapter that well, but I like the title. So I thought it would be a good title for the um, chapter. It's This Love Isn't Crazy by Carly Rae Jensen. Um, please stream all of Carly Rae Jensen's songs. She's an amazing artist. I love her so much. Um, and I just thought it was funny because, like, Winter uh, pokes a lot of fun at her own mental illness. And she's like, oh, yeah, haha, I'm so crazy. And um, I thought it was cute to, like, um, put that in, in the chapter title because uh, we get like a little bit insight into their relationship in this one and see how much they really care about each other and how deep their bond goes. So um, yeah, like this love isn't crazy. It's just like a really fun, like, like joking title <laughs> for me. I agree. I agree. Also the song is a banger. Everyone should listen to it. <laughs> I love Carly Rae Jepsen. I think she's so underrated. She is. Uh, her album's like, her songs are so good. Her her last album is like my favorite of all time. Mm, and I love I just, it. I wish more people listened to her. <laughs> so I chose two songs. I chose The Phoenix by Fallout Boy. Um, simply because it's about being raised from the ashes and coming back stronger than ever. And I feel like we have two cases of that here. One, we have Jason back on Luna, took the trial and the lashings like a man and is ready to um, heal and start over again when he's done with his pet penance. And then two, I feel like Winter with Jason coming back is also being reborn in a way. Her sunshine is back. Her stardust is back, like we talked about in the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is a little less known song, but it's Pretend by Scott Porter and the Glory Dogs. I love this song, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's a beautiful song. And some of the lyrics that really stand out to me, like it's basically about two people who just enjoy each other's company so much and love just happens to take place when they're hanging out so much, which is kind of um, what we're hoping for with Winter and Jason, right? Besties. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so say, won't you stay? We can talk about nothing at all. Or sit here and make up the words as we go along. The games we could play, maybe silently write us a song, or quietly shout from the rooftops that we don't belong. Yeah, and then uh-huh. the chorus, which makes me want to like curl into a puddle. Um, they told me maybe she's crazy, a little like you. Everyone said you were nothing but trouble. All that I know is that I've never been here before. I'll never leave if it's all right with you. Dreaming of oceans while jumping in puddles. All of my life, I'll pretend you're there by the door, but I don't need to pretend anymore. That's so beautiful. And that really fits Winter and Jason, too. Like that, maybe Mm -hmm. she's a little crazy about you. And then, like, you were nothing but trouble. He literally calls her (laughs) trouble in the chapter. And And then, um, yeah. They dream about the impossible jumping or, you know, oceans. And they live with, but they're happy with what they do have, which is puddles. Um, Mm -hmm. And we know he's never leaving, you know. Um, and yeah, I just, I love that song. It's a good song in general. Everybody should go listen to it. It's adorable. But I do think there's something to be said about the way that 
Jason and Winter, like you said before, they sort of fall back into their their easy habits and their witty banter and their closeness so easily. And I think that that's because of of this of things like what this song is talking about, how you make that connection with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song a lot. That really fits them. <laughs> so I know we already talked about it, but did you want to say anything else? Do you want to go ahead and read your quote and tell us why you picked it? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's going to be like the same thing. But um, yeah, so Jason and let's see, Winter says, I fear tomorrow will be even more difficult for you, Sir Clay. Do try to think of me when you can. And then he says, try, princess. He smirked up at her. I can't seem to think of much else. Oh, they're so, they're so stupid. These kids. <laughs> they're so stupid. Like, there's literally a guard right there. Like you guys, you're in public. Um, okay. But yeah, I like like the, I don't know. She's like the, the mock formal tone. She has, she calls him Sir Clay. She's like, do you try? Um, you know, they're kind of mocking like the aristocracy a little bit right here. Yeah. And then, um, and then like we have Jason be so different from how we knew him in Crest. Like he's out here teasing teasing and flirting with girls like okay like, who this, is this <laughs> i know this is like a line that thorn would use you know on some <laughs> random girl <laughs> i just thought of new planet who dis <laughs> new planet who dis <laughs> exactly oh my gosh oh that's funny and um yeah at the end here you can really tell that like winter going out to see jason you know she um she really cheered him up because he's like smiling and, and joking around even though he had to um inflict himself with lashes like oh my god right um what is that about that's really terrible oh, yeah very uncomfortable so i chose um i already talked about it too but i just she's our last princess and she's coming home oh i think that's so chilling in such a good way it's like goosebumps and yeah. so not the kind of quote you would expect from Jason. Like there's so much promise and hope in that sentence. It's like, are we sure Jason said it? Yeah. And like, you know, cause um, princess Celine is kind of like a legend in this, you know? So right. um, it's nice to see Jason like believe in um, like what essentially is like a fairy tale <laughs> to them. I agree. So that is the end of chapter three. Yay. And the end of our episode. Um, this week, there were two Easter eggs. The bonus the bonus word hair appeared six times, and the bonus word scars appeared twice. Next week, we're going to cover chapters four and five. But uh, you guys should join um, Bethany's Patreon, because Yay. then you get to talk to me in the Discord chat. <laughs> and watch weird pictures and videos that my sister posts on the internet now. Oh my gosh, that was the best video ever. Yeah, She's so. like my little paparazzi. I love it. <laughs> Oh, yes. It was very um, caught on camera. <laughs> very candid. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, subscribe to Bethany's Patreon to see um, videos of her. <laughs> <laughs> My sister turning into paparazzi and taking random pictures and videos while I'm hanging out with her. <laughs> <laughs> As sisters should always do. Right? Because we're so cheesy. Um <laughs> So, everyone, don't forget to check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and other super fun perks. Um, I think that's it. So, until next time, keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamoured. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. 
Today's special guest was Patreon member Danielle. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.